Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Hey, squad. Ben Page here, joined by Blake John today. Hey, team. Just part of the 2100 Digital Team in a special SEO-focused episode for you. And today we're going to cover SEO website migration tips. We're going to share some of the good, the bad, and the ugly that we've seen, considerations, and advice on how to make yours go more smoothly, whether you're in the midst of one now or considering one in the future. So, Blake... Let's start out by setting the table and discussing what is a website migration, because I feel like it's a term that gets applied to a lot of different situations with many potential outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of is a broad term uh, and people use it just generally speaking as like big changes, overhauls to a website. But I think specifically in the way that we're going to talk about it, there's kind of like four main website migrations and specifically that's a hosting change, which is sort of a smaller one, but still I think one that people gloss over and it is kind of a site migration, a domain name change, which is a really, really big site migration. There's a CMS change, which can kind of be complicated, hairy. Um, And then lastly, I think this is the most common type of site migration. It's like a redesign when you, when you want to just kind of change the front end, maybe you're, you're sort of updating your brand, your look and feel. That's kind of the most common site migration that we come across in. in all cases, all of these, lots of things can go wrong and you've got to make sure you've got someone on your end to help you out and make sure you, you get things right. Yeah. I feel that redesign is probably the most commonly used mm-hmm. term, you know, by people, but it can also contain all of the aforementioned elements as well. It can contain a CMS, also known as a content management system, <laughs> right? change or a replatforming. It can also contain hosting and, and DNS changes. I believe for this episode, we'll focus most of our energy on this website redesign, you know, and, and SEO implications. But do we want to quickly touch on some of the potential impacts of things like a hosting or DNS change as well, or even CMS change? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so when you under, undergo a redesign or like a any kind of one, any one of these, you know, site migration types, I suppose, a lot of things can change. And generally speaking, again, we'll kind of focus mostly on like the redesign when you bring in a designer or developer to kind of give your site a facelift. Again, that's the most common type of, of site redesign. A lot of things kind of get changed without a lot of thought or consideration or planning, which can kind of derail organic performance down the road after you launch the new site. And specifically, these are things like the structure and and most specifically the URLs of your website. Obviously, the design will be changing a lot. That can have an impact just on user experience and things of that nature. But then also the content too, and especially when you, if you're ranking well and you're driving a lot of traffic, like you don't want to lose content that's been performing well. And sometimes things that shouldn't get tossed aside just get completely neglected as a result of these redesigns. And of course, a part of that too is metadata and things of that nature and, and losing 
title tags that have been working as an example, or H1 tags that were really well like detailed and, and optimized. And some other things, like one, one last thing we have in our notes here that I think is easy to forget, structured data, losing structured data, which is a, a key component of your organic presence and um, presenting yourself online that oftentimes gets overlooked. Yeah, many things to consider. And if you're working through a redesign and that includes things like changing CMS, Let's say you have right now a static HTML website and you're moving it to WordPress or any combination of those or a hosting change. You know, maybe you're hosted on GoDaddy today or Wix, right? And you're going to move to Pantheon or Kinsta. The change in that hosting environment and the server properties might affect things like site speed and availability. You know, that's one interesting thing. The CMS might affect things like default title tags Mm -hmm. and descriptions and schema and just how different HTML elements are coded by default on the website, all of which can impact your SEO results, you know, your visibility in the SERPs, the crawlability of your website and the ability for search engines to index it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and we'll probably, we'll talk more about each one of these things a little bit, you know, as we kind of continue. But one thing that's just so important through all this, and I think it's probably one of the main takeaways is when you're going through a redesign and when you like, you know, you kind of set foot and this is what you're going for. The sooner you can get somebody in who can kind of be responsible for these things and take accountability. And I'm specifically in my mind, I'm thinking like an SEO, someone who has experience helping sites through the migration process, the better, because they're going to take all these things into consideration. You're going to have somebody who is sort of either working from a checklist or creating that checklist based on your specific uh, use case. And they're going to hold everyone accountable to make sure that these things don't get lost in translation. Because, and I, and we've talked about this too, like I kind of liken it to a, a deck of cards. And, and like, once you reshuffle that deck of cards, you're never going to get the same order again. Everything's going to change. And so you've got to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row, your I's dotted, your T's crossed before that launch day, because things can go awry if they're not. Yeah. And for a site of any significant size, even six URLs, sure, all yeah. the way up to thousands of URLs, you know, multi-category structure, let's clearly state that it's not enough from an SEO perspective to simply check some of the default settings within your content management system or plugins and then go live and expect things to go well. Because like you said, there are a lot of considerations in the planning phase and setup phase that are sort of breakpoints or branching Mm -hmm. points, you know, leading up to, is this going to go well or not? I mean, what are other things that commonly happen that cause SEO problems when there isn't someone advocating from that perspective during that process? Any other major pitfalls you've seen, Blake? Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot, truthfully. And what's funny is in a site migration, so many things change. But like as the SEO and as the guy who wants to make sure, you know, organic search can still succeed and perform well beyond the launch day. Really what I'm trying to do is keep as many things the same from the legacy site to the new site. And the biggest one, and this is like the biggest thing that can kind of go wrong are URLs and specifically your your URL structure. We had an example recently where a site launched without the www, the legacy site had was www.example.com and then it launched with just example.com. They dropped the www. And from a developer's perspective, they're like, oh, it's maybe it's easier to manage. The forwarding HTTPS is easier, whatever it might be. Um, it, you know, it's easier to just type in your URL. You don't have to worry about that redirect because no one's actually typing www anymore these days. But from an organic perspective and from like a site structure perspective, it's now we're, it's, we're literally talking about our brand 
new website, a completely brand new website. And all of that link equity, all of that authority that was previously associated with the www.domain.com site, like it, now it's literally moved to a new place. Right. Google has to like figure that out. And of course, the other thing too, we'll talk about like in, in, in a part of this is redirects. Google has to figure that out. And usually the best way through that is really the, the only way, true way is through redirects. But if you can reduce those redirects and you can try to keep as many things as the same, you're more likely to have success sooner post-launch. Right. Because there are fewer steps and, you know, crawls, if you want to think of it that way, that need to happen and kind of reshuffling of the deck, you know, in order to regain your visibility. I mean, do you have any, like in that example, Blake, where they dropped dub, 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 what happened? Like, what was the actual impact in the coming days after? So for this specific example, so I've actually seen this, that specific example, I've seen more than once. Yeah. One time I came to the site, performance was down, year over year, performance was down like 40%, 50%, whatever, in like, this was a new new site, new client to me. So I, I, I wasn't in a part of the migration process. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is out of control. And then you kind of take a look back and you, you go through the performance and the data and you figure out what's going on. And you go, oh, interestingly enough, 18 months ago, the site was www.domain.com and yeah. now it's not. Like, oh, now I kind of have an idea of what's going on. And along that process, there's probably a mishandling of the redirects and whatnot as well. But in the most recent example, the one that I was thinking about, we caught it three days after the launch went. So this was kind of a unique one. The launch was pushed back six weeks, which is very common in site redesigns that launch right. gets delayed. Usually content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Truth, truthfully, yeah. It's usually a, a bandwidth problem with getting all the content either on the site or, or just even written. So launch was delayed. And then, and then it was kind of like, I don't know, honestly, it was a surprise, but it was like put like launch was kind of pushed up because of the, the the client wanted to get it live. And so there was a, it was launched on a Friday, which I don't recommend. We didn't catch this error until Monday. So it was basically a three day, three day period in which the site was no longer on dub, dub, dub. And it had preview, the legacy site was on dub, dub, dub. So we caught it on the Monday um, and we reverted it basically mm. right away. But what happened in that weekend time, they stopped ranking for their brand. Oh no. Which is like the worst case scenario. They weren't ranking for it. Like, if you can't even rank for your brand. Right. And, and that's kind of, I mean, that's like a microcosm of all, like the, the kind of impact that these site migrations can have, truthfully. And so we, we fixed that. And within the next 24 hours, though, they were back ranking for their brand after we fixed it, we put on it. And I, I think that would have happened over time, but it would have been slow. Right. Because again, like, and I, and I know people don't think about this in this way, because www is just sort of, it's, a, I don't know, taking for granted is not the right word. It's just not almost, almost legacy at this point. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's almost like rarely, trivial. Yeah. But it's literally, www is technically, by definition, a subdomain. And so, and then when you strip that out, now you're on a, di- it's technically now you're on a different subdomain. You're without a subdomain, essentially. Right. Um, and so, move it, Again, it's literally a second site. It's a completely different site now without the dub dub dub. So let's get this URL change thing. Like it's again, sort of a broad label. Let's talk about the different classes of URL changes because you've got things like, uh, you know, we updated a few category names or something like that. So like maybe there's folder structure. So I guess there's individual URLs changing, which, okay. Then you've got like folder structure changes. Then you've got what you just mentioned, like dub, dub, dub or subdomain changes. And then you've got, this is like the Voldemort of URL changes. If you change your root domain name, yeah, you know, and, and how you manage that. But I suppose any other thoughts on this? I mean, I mean they have different so levels many of thoughts. Yeah. Truthfully, like I just like <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. So if you're change, I will say I'll start with this. If you're changing your domain name, so if you're going from domain.com to example.com as an example, right? That's really tricky. That's, and truthfully, I would I would like as a 
SEO, I would tell you, you're going to see a loss in organic traffic because it's just, it's a completely different domain. And like we just kind of mentioned, Google has to relearn that map all the link equity and right. all and of that. If that new domain hasn't been registered yeah. historically or has no equity or val- right. you know domain authority of its own, right, that's going to be a very tricky site migration scenario. Exactly. So that's one, and, I, and, that, and we'll just cover that kind of broadly just by saying that's a tough one because everything is changing. And right. You, you can't limit the changes because it's literally a new domain. And this could happen. I'm, I'm just thinking about real-life situations, like maybe there's a merger acquisition, yep. something like that, right? And then eventually, well, we're going to fold acquired co domain into our domain, so, you know, something like that. And we need to, you know, have a redirect strategy. We need to fold content, you know, but that's one real life case where it could happen. Yeah. And I guess as like a tip or a best practice. So first and foremost, in all of these redesign, you need to have a really strong redirection, a redirect strategy, like you just mentioned, Ben, and it needs to be one-to-one, like as one-to-one as humanly possible. And if you are changing domain names, I recommend trying to keep the content on the legacy site as close to the same as possible in the new site, just because there's less for Google to learn, like less to to become familiar with, essentially. You know what I mean? And because all the, the URLs, the like the domain, it's all changing, at least kind of keep as much of the content as the same as possible. So there's just less for Google to sort of figure out and like make sense of. Can we tell listeners or define terms on redirect, like in, in very basic practical terms or, you know, more technically, if you'd like, <laughs> what is a redirect, Blake? Why should an executive listening to this care about what that is. Yeah. So it's literally a direction to a browser or like search engine, like a crawler, I guess. Yeah. To pointing from one like address to another address. And the most commonly in what you should be using in, in redesigns is a 301, which is a permanent redirect. There's other versions like a 302, which is a temporary redirect. In a redesign, you probably shouldn't use a 302. There's also like a 307, but 301 <laughs> and 302s are the most common. Right. It's almost like, like, you know, old school, like mailbox, mail forwarding, like yeah. post office style. Right. And exactly. then, and then to your point, there's different like number codes that are basically sets of instructions about how to treat that specific forwarding request. If you want to think of that's it. That's exactly. That. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's a great analogy. It's just like forwarding your mail to a new location. And it's like, how do you want to forward it? Do you want to forward all the things to one place? Do you want to forward each one to a new individual mailbox at the new location? Or, yeah. you know, is this just for two weeks? You're on vacation. Is it forever? You, you moved yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you would use a tech, like a temporary, say your site was just kind of undergoing like a a re- seasonal change a season- or some, yeah, and you, some updates. Yeah. It's under construction. I think a lot of people sometimes have seen that like on actual websites, they'll have a message saying under construction. And so like for temporarily, they'll point you to this other place, but eventually, and I would say usually within like four to six weeks, I would try to keep the, the temporary direct. You come back to that page and you have the, your content is back or whatever, like the designs up, maybe updated, whatever it might be. But I want to talk about like these other URL changes. So you're talking about folder structure changes, right? You talked about just like URL, like just individual path, yeah, like the page changes, path changes. Or, right? Again, like if possible, truly, if possible, you're going through this redesign process. I would recommend trying to keep them as this, as not even as similar, but trying to keep them the same. If you can, <laughs> if you can, if you can keep them the same, that would be truly preferred. And avoid. Here's like an action tip, right? It's like avoid global changes wherever possible. We talked about two examples. If you literally change your domain name or you change a subdomain, you know, those are global changes. You know, avoid things that are going to affect every single URL on the site. Yes, absolutely. And the other, the, a third one that is commonly overlooked, but it, like the backslash. So 
generally speaking, the most, dagger. The dagger. <laughs> most websites um, have a trailing slash at the end of all the URLs. Some websites don't. And so when you migrate, if there's no backslash, like and you kept the URL the same, like now technically that is a redirect because Google has to like it used to live at da 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 da. Yeah, and now it lives at da 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 slash slash. Yeah, <laughs> no, right, exactly. So that 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 that's one. But the one thing that I'll say too is if it, like I'm saying I'm recommending trying to keep the URLs the same because it'll reduce the change. It'll increase the likelihood of just performing like status quo after the redesign. There are a lot of use cases in which URL changes are warranted and like worthwhile. So for right. example, some sites are on a flat URL structure, which means there are no folders. Every page is, you know, from off URL the, perspective. Off the root domain. All right off the root domain. Um, in that situation, it's like, well, this is really for the better. It's a better organization of content. It makes more sense to users. It makes more sense to crawlers. It's easier to report on now from a performance measurement perspective. Like if you have 200 blogs, 500 a thousand blogs, whatever it is, they're all, it's a flat URL structure. Like, yes, I think that you should probably add slash blog slash the title of X, Y, Z. Yeah, exactly. But in, in, in other cases, like if you, if it's not absolutely like mandatory required, there's not a significant boost from, from changing the URL. Just uh, don't like, I, there's no reason for <laughs> it in it. most cases. Like I look at some of these and I'm like, why did we do that? Well, and no we one wanted has... it to, see, to say plural in the URL instead of singular exactly. or something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, but no. why, but for what did you gain from that? There's nothing to really gain. And it, it kind of hurts me inside. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just needless. It was, it was so it's just cosmetic, but it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. Like I always would recommend keeping it the same if possible. Well, in in inverse case might be, I've seen this happen where, you know, like a valid change of folder structure or URL change, if you want to think of it that way, is like consolidating a mega menu to a simpler navigation, you know, main navigation. That too, where, you know, you had gnarly subfolders that were, again, like needless, you know, very thin content in these arcane, you know, three folders deep structures and stuff. And it's like, well, let's make this a little bit easier to digest for users. And that could be another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, there are situations where updating the folder structure, changing the URLs, it makes sense. But the the key here is to like really think about it, kind of vet your thinking, either with a third party or like a professional SEO or whatever, and just make sure like, okay, is it worth it? Does, is this going to drastically improve either user experience or just or general content organization. And if if you don't feel like that's the case, then I wouldn't recommend changing the URLs. Yeah, that makes sense. So we hammered on kind of URLs, structure. We talked a little bit about metadata, so like page title or AKA a simple way to think of this is the browser tab name, you know, and keeping things fairly similar. Structured data. I mean, do we want to touch on structured data and like content specific changes? Yeah, I think we probably should. So content, this is a tough one because I think it, it, and this is oftentimes, again, it gets overlooked, but on the legacy, you should really do a content audit on the legacy site. And kind of, we've talked about this on on other episodes too, like keep, kill, combine. You have to figure out what you're going to keep, what you're going to get rid of and what you're going to consolidate. Right. And you obviously, you want to take a look at this from like a performance perspective too and say, okay, our pieces of content, like your money pages, they should probably stay pretty similar. Like I would, right. that's what I would recommend. No wholesale changes for yeah. the sake of change. 
Exactly. And it, you know, redesign is a good time to like trim the fat too. There might be content on your website that just, it, it's not really adding value anywhere. It's not driving traffic. You're not getting leads or business or whatever from this. It's like, okay, maybe we can consolidate this or just cut it out entirely. Like th- those things happen. But again, you kind of have to go through that process, be really cognizant of it and make sure that you're not cutting out things that you shouldn't, like things that are driving, like driving business, like be, be re- obviously really careful of that. And then in terms of structured data, it's, it again kind of falls on the line of like content audit. But if there are schema markup, if there is schema markup on specific pages, carrying that forward, we had an example where for an addiction treatment client where the schema was just generally local. On the legacy side, it was medical organization. Practice or, yeah. I think it's medical organization. That sounds right. And yeah. when they, they launched, they did a redesign. They launched with just general local business, which Seems like it would be a similar, small but change. yeah, similar, but not quite the same. And obviously medical organization is, is much more specific and much more relevant to an addiction treatment center. And so we, we caught that pretty early, actually, we were able to revert that and get that back live on the site. But those things like, it, especially schema is easy to overlook because no one, no one's really looking at that on a day-to-day basis. But if you have an SEO on your side, which again, I recommend, they can kind of be accountable for that and make sure that the right things are being pulled forward. Right. Which can influence both the kinds of search results you will appear in, and it can impact the way that you're visible in those search results with, you know, rich results and, and other SERP features and so on. So really important. Any other of these kind of common SEO problems to bring to the surface? I guess the last thing that I would say is, and this kind of goes again, I'll go going back to redirects. Don't really redirect anything to your homepage. As crazy as that might sound, I don't remember when I read this or or even who stated it, but someone at Google said like redirects, they treat redirects to the homepage almost as if they were 404s. Like it's like, Interesting. A, it's like a dead end. It's like a lame choice of yeah, because, page, like, basically, as a redirect. Exactly. Like, no, there's really, and if you think about it, too, in most cases on most websites, there's no page like your homepage. Your right. homepage is, like, really, truly very unique. So no other page can really replicate that. And, like, you probably shouldn't be redirecting it to very often. There might be some, you know, really, sl- like, off off the cuff, like use cases where it is possible. But I would say very, very rarely you should be redirecting to a page that is basically serving the same intent, delivering similar content. And you want to do it one-to-one. So like what that means is you don't want to skip, like redirect to another page that's redirecting to that page. You want to redirect from one source page to one the destination final destination. Yeah. yeah. No skips, no multi redirects that you can slow things down too. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And one, I'll give one nod to design because, you know, it happens all the time. And let's paint a hypothetical scenario where let's say all of the SEO considerations have been addressed. And like, let's say the site maintains the same performance from an SEO perspective after launch. Well, redesign from a visual and user experience standpoint, the page templates, look and feel, color, font, you know, all these things, they could positively or negatively impact organic conversion rate on the site. And so that's almost a different stream to look at. You want to look at, you know, visibility, engagement, traffic, and also conversion, and perhaps even host conversion, you know, what happens to that lead. In this case, we're using that example, but, you know, for e-commerce, like if you're redesigning your card experience or a booking engine, any of those types of changes too, you want to be really thoughtful, I think, about are the steps to the final destination changing? But just want to give a nod there. It's like all things being equal, design will greatly impact conversion rates in many cases too. 
Yeah, and I I mean, in every redesign, you're going to have someone who's, like, accountable for redesign or, or for design. Like, you're going to have, like, a designer. A designer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right. Front-end exactly. dev or something. Yeah. Um, but not in every redesign, you're going to have an SEO, like, which is, I think you should. I think there should always be. But what I'm trying to say is I think those two people should, like, have a conversation I mean, talk about some of those things. And maybe there's, like, a UX person who is just responsible specifically for UX. Maybe there's, you know, there's just, there, there's a few roles and they should probably communicate to make sure, like, you're talking, talking about doesn't go unaddressed or just neglected. Then you, you launch and you realize a month later, like, oh, in the, in the checkout process or in the, in the form, like, there's, there's this huge roadblock that is preventing people from doing X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's those little things, especially if multiple of them stack up that can really sink you. Yeah. And let's talk about like, how bad can this get, man? <laughs> like, what have you seen out, you know, if you don't address these things and you redesign and, and launch, what's the potential impact? It bums me out a lot, but it can be pretty bad, man. I, I've seen situations where traffic and, and revenue is down 50%. And usually that doesn't happen like immediately. It'll be like, oh, three months later. It's a slow Yeah, it, it, it's like over the grand scheme of things, it's not ter- like it's not slow, but like sometimes you don't fully realize what had What's happened happening. until it's almost too late, which is seriously, it bums me out. But yeah, I've seen situations where traffic and revenue goes down 50% because previous de- design uh, web dev agencies didn't handle the redirect strategy correctly or whatever it might be. And just organic traffic just drops. Like you just fall off the cert for like really high value search terms. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, in my experience, it's not uncommon to see 25 to 50% organic traffic loss, you know, year over year. Yeah. Sometimes it's temporary, you know, sometimes it's short lived. Your site's getting crawled. If, if some of these things are in place, you know, it can even be less than that, you know, and it'll be temporary, but sometimes it's permanent. And I think almost the worst thing is like you said, when it's a slow and steady decay that you're losing 10% per yeah. month, month over month for a year. And finally someone's like ringing the alarm bells, like, Hey, our revenue's down. Well, why? Well, I don't know. We're humming on paid and affiliates and email yeah. and this and that and social, you know, Oh, organic, organic. Why? You know what happened? And then you're like, when you zoom out and you look at the data and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> it's been a, like maybe a, the slope isn't extreme, but like it's been down into the right since we launched the redesign, you know, and there's like one case of a current client where they redesigned and we were brought in something like nine months or so, six to nine months after, I think it was like nine months after the, the redesigned site launched. And they were down at that point, 30 to 50%, somewhere in that range, like 30, 40% organic traffic year over year was, was being lost. And subsequently it took 12, you could even argue like up to 18 months after that point to start getting back to parity, you know, which was in this case, it was a combination of building out net new content that started to rank and addressing some of the technical issues, some of the redirect challenges and re-optimizing, you know, pages that had been pared down in, in the last redesign. So it can be like really significant. It can, I mean, it can tank your results, especially yeah. if organic is a huge percentage of your digital traffic and sales or leads. Yeah. And for that specific example too, cause we, I mean, six to nine months after redesign is honestly a very long time. And we went, we went back and we threw some like digging through Google analytics and Google search console specifically. We found a bunch of old URLs that had not been redirected, but six to nine, I, I don't remember exactly how far out we were removed from the redesign. At that point, yeah, I think it was, it probably was getting closer, closer to, to 12 or yeah, yeah at yeah, least, yeah. at least. 
And so like we, we put in the redirects that we, we, we literally one-to-one, we mapped them all out, which is a very tedious process yes. like doing that, honestly, but it needs to be done. It's so, so important. So we did, we went through that process of it as if, you know, it was going to re- it was going to launch tomorrow. But at that t- point, it, like it's so late down the road. I, honestly, I don't even know the effects of that. If, if Google is going to, if Google even has access to those old URLs, like, are they crawling them very often? Like, I don't, truthfully, it's really hard to say if that's going to have a big impact, but it's sort of like the right thing to do. And it right. should have been done in the first place. So you kind of have to cover your bases and do it anyways. Right. It's like, it should have been done pre-launch. Exactly. But now we're coming in and it's part of the cleanup strategy exactly, you know if you exactly think of it that way so how do you start to hedge against disaster or protect against these worst case scenarios we talked about you know the kinds of site migrations what can go wrong how bad it can get what can people do to not have that happen yeah so and i've said this before i'll just say it again make like i think you should have an seo on your team who's thinking about these things and is responsible for these things like that's sort of numero uno in my mind. One other thing that's just incredibly important, and I think this should be done in every redesign as well, is sort of benchmarking the legacy site. Crawl it with, I recommend using Screaming Frog. There are some other tools like Sitebulb. Crawl it and save it so that after the redesign, you have something to kind of go back to in, in like a full site map that you can lean on to understand where things were previously. Because once again, once you reshuffle that deck of cards, like, you don't know what order that stuff was in. Like it's just in the past and you, no one has it memorized. Right. But if you have a saved file, maybe you have another like specific sitemap file just to understand the structure and how things were really laid out. You're just going to want to do that because again, like if there is an issue, you can kind of start to piece some of those things together. Cause it's really difficult in this example that we were just talking about where we came to this, to the situation like nine months later, it's, we don't have anything to lean on. We don't know what it was like a year ago. We're pouring the, through like archive.org. Yeah, exactly. Cached versions of the site trying to, guys, there's, you know, these core paragraphs yeah. of, of yeah. content that were stripped away and the URL changed and this, you know, and it's like, yeah, no. yeah. exactly. So basically benchmark your old site back like arch- archive. I mean, honestly, I've used archive.org in oh, some yeah. situations. So like, cause you can request them to, to hit your, a specific page that's a great tool too because it'll take a literally a screenshot and yeah i would say that too take screenshots of like oh yeah big money pages or something like ha- you want to have an archive to go back to if you ever need it it can be it's extremely valuable not only structure but i, I would say also performance right like rankings for head terms like aka your most important non-brand and branded keywords performance on like key pages convert organic conversion rates on key pages so you have both I guess what we're really saying is a qualitative and quantitative snapshot of how you're doing from an SEO perspective in the period leading up to the redesign and also like archiving snapshot, you know, documenting what's currently there so that if post launch you see a continued decline, you can do some of that comparative analysis to, to draw from the things that were working previously and bring some of that back to hopefully mitigate that or, or get back on track. Yeah. And one thing I'll say too, and we kind of briefly touched on this, but it's really common to see a decline after like a performance decline after a site redesign, but it shouldn't like realistically, it shouldn't last longer than six to eight weeks. I was going to say if, weeks time frame. Yeah. Yeah. If like, as long as you've done all the things that we're talking about, you've done those things correctly. If it's going beyond six to eight weeks, there, there's probably an issue. And 
we need to figure out what's going on. But like it is common to see a decline. And I will say too, it's also, it's possible to not see a decline at all. Like if you do all these things correctly, you're really careful, really, really strategic. You could launch and it, like nothing ever. You could even see a boost, I think. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And sometimes the design updates, you know, the improvement to conversion rate will eclipse any minimal yeah. SEO visibility chain. Like, oh, I lost like, you know, 5% of organic traffic. Oh, but conversion rates like double or something right, like, okay, yeah. I'll take the conversion rate, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. But it, hopefully it's clear by this point too. bring in an SEO earlier in the process, right? The, we're not saying like, what we're not saying is during your redesign or your migration process, run a checklist, you're okay. We're saying because all of these things like structure and content and, you know, even UX are all wrapped up in how well you perform organically, hopefully you have an SEO perspective seat at the table early in the process when you're thinking about planning. Because imagine this, right? You benchmark your current site. You can see the strengths, the weaknesses. And for areas where you're performing well, if there are proposed changes or wholesale changes to structure URLs content, it's like, is this an essential change before you commit to it? Does this have to be done? Why? Yeah. <laughs> and because the it's like a risk mitigation thing. You know, what's the upside of this change? What's the potential cost if it goes off the rails? Yeah. So bringing the SEO earlier. And one thing too that I'll talk about, I think is really important is, is kind of doing like audits throughout the process. Yes. Like, I don't know, they're technical audits, I suppose. It's kind of part of the benchmarking process, but like audit the, the staging site, the staging environment, just to make sure there are no huge significant issues that like when we launched, like we could have like massive sites or massive 404s or something like that or whatever it might be. Or maybe all the canonical tags are linking to the non-secure version of these pages. Like, why is that happening? You know what I mean? Like we should probably fix that. And I would, I would recommend to, if there's any SEOs listening, do that throughout the process because what happens is you'll want to probably, you'll want to do it like right before it launches, but then sometimes it's just too late. Like, yeah, we've seen like, that. Yeah, devs are like, well, we don't have time. Like we are- we Time or back. budget's gone. We're already 20% yeah, over. Yeah. Sorry, SEO. We're not going to make the wall. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, we're launching. And it's like, oh no. Like I've, I've, that's personally happened to me. So the sooner you can highlight an issue, which sometimes it's tough because sometimes you don't even have all that you need until a week before launch to really do a true audit, it, it's, it can be really challenging, but the sooner the better, obviously, because then you can make a case and you can say, well, we have 30 days before launch, like this needs to be prioritized and someone, someone will fit it in and you can make it actioned. Right. And, and on the staging site, running that tech audit or that, you know, SEO audit, if you want to think of it that way, it's like post most of the content being added and maybe pre like the official pre-launch QA process, some, somewhere in that zone is a great time to run like a tech audit and then like post launch, you want to run another sort of audit. And we already talked about the benchmarking. So this is part of what we do when we ride along for site migrations. Um, so pre and post checkup and then ongoing monitoring. I mean, sounds simple, like very basic, but like <laughs> paying attention to site health and, you know, via tools, via search console, even just basic analytics yeah. in, especially in the days and weeks following. Um, because like we sort of alluded to earlier, more than a handful of cases I can think of where it's like it wasn't the awareness of the problem wasn't even there for weeks or months after it's already happening. And sometimes not totally too late, but the damage gets worse over time. It's like right. compounding pain that can be avoided by monitoring early and often. Exactly. And this is all just, we talked about it, but 
having an SEO who has a seat at the table who can be accountable for these things. Like it's just, it's just absolutely vital to the process. Yeah. And so let's talk really briefly about how we plug in to site migrations as that SEO voice, both, I don't know, I think of it as three things that we do, you know, and we work, well, first let's talk about like, who do we work with? You know, we'll work with in-house teams, sometimes even agencies, and we'll work with people, you know, marketing leaders, certainly, but then website developers and the more technical folks, we can work with the more front end design folks. And we can also work with the content team, you know, marketing coordinators, because of how we're plugging into the different components of the SEO strategy. But like, as far as the actions that we take, or like the roles that we play is probably a better way to think of it. How does that work, Blake? How do we help throughout this process? I mean, really, like, in my personal experience, at least in the way that we sort of operate, it's like we're kind of the guide. And a lot of times I feel like we're the ones looking out for the business and trying to make sure that these critical things don't fall through the gaps because it's going to hurt the business down the road. And I think a lot of times people get wrapped up in like what they're doing so much. They don't think larger picture. So I like to think of myself in these situations. And again, the way that we operate as like a kind of a voice of reason to like pull like just let's think about this a little bit before we move forward because, you know, I know we want to have a nice newly like polished redesigned website, but at the end of the day, like we have to drive traffic to this thing or it's not going to matter. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we also will take, you know, th the things that we do, we'll handle the redirect strategy and we'll make sure the technical audits are completed. We can hold other people accountable for making sure they're doing these technical things the, the right way. Right. Code um, changes, content yeah. updates, yeah. structural changes. And truthfully, like some of those things, like it, it kind of depends on the the business, their, their operating, op, like operating system, I suppose, who, like what seats they have filled, but we can fill multiple seats. Seats. Like we could help manage the content if like in doing that audit, if, if that's what needs to be done, if you don't have a content team, we can kind of fill that role as well. So, it, I mean, there's like a hybrid approach, but I think at the end of the day, it's like that voice of reason, that guide to kind of navigate this really murky, really challenging site redesign to make sure it goes smoothly. Yeah. So research, analysis, planning, that ongoing consulting piece and the tech auditing. And like you said, yeah. The guide. I love that analogy. That's awesome. Well, if you're listening and you're considering a redesign, maybe you're in the midst of one, maybe you recently had one and you're experiencing pain, contact us today. You can reach us at 2100digital.com, 2100digital.com. Get the support you need. We're happy to always have a conversation, learn more about your situation. Every site migration is a little bit different based on all these different variables we've covered. And ultimately, hopefully this has been helpful for you to think through some of the considerations and also to bring that guide along with you on this journey, which is an insurance policy, but it'll set you up for long-term success. And that's what we're really all about here. So thanks for listening, squad. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level. Thank you.